Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Alex Debrinkit has been crazy cold. Should we be concerned? Your Lockdown Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And uh, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Scotty, uh, we got a. We've been kind of dancing around it a lot lately. We mentioned it directly on yesterday's episode. The team was playing really well, so we didn't want to bring it up, but we finally have like an off day to bring it up. Uh, Alex Brinkett has been crazy cold, not even, what, a month, going on two months now, where he hasn't really brought a ton of production to the table for the Detroit Red Wings. So I think it's time we talk about it and uh, address how concerned we are as Red Wings fans and how concerned you should be as Red Wings fans, you, the people, not you, Scotty, particularly. Um, but before we get to that, we got exciting news. We have another game-used stick giveaway, courtesy of the Little Caesars Arena team store. Uh, the Authentics uh, director, Matt, hooked me up again with another game-used stick. This one, again, like the previous one, it's got, ow, almost, I just gave myself a splinter with it to <clears throat> emphasize my point that it is a busted Stick, so do not use it if you are the sweepstakes winner, but it is busted on along the blade. It's collector only. Um, and to enter, there will be a post on our YouTube page, a community post on our YouTube page, where you have to comment that you subscribed after you subscribed. If you're already a subscriber, congrats, congrats, that's one step down. Uh, so you subscribe, you comment on that post that you subscribed, and then you fill out a quick three question Google form that is linked on that post just it gives us the basic information so we can reach out to you. If you win, it's very simple. Just subscribe, comment, subscribe, fill out those three questions on the form. That's it. That's how you enter. It runs from midnight as of posting of this episode. So it runs from midnight on January 23rd until the end of the day on February the second, so the end of the day, Friday, February second. So we will pick our winner on mo- on that Monday, after that, after the giveaway ends, and it's only eligible to U.S. customers because shipping outside of U.S. is astronomical, and I don't make that kind of money. Sorry, our non-U.S. listeners, <laughs> but U.S. listeners only is going to be the uh, is going to be who it's applicable to. But Michael Rasmussen game you stick, it is broken. Don't get a splinter like me. Now I'm going to be picking at this until I get it out for like the whole episode. That's actually crazy that you just gave yourself a splinter. It, it, you know what? It's a good warning. I, like I said, it emphasizes my point that this is a broken, uh, uh, it's got a crack along the blade and I just grazed my hand right up against it. So Scotty, let's get into our, well, first of all, Scotty, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well, man. Yeah. Be doing, uh, doing well. Busy, busy work day on Monday as, uh, as usual for yours truly, but we're, uh, we're plugging along and I'm, just really excited for like every what Red Wings game now, just because right. <laughs> they're doing really well. So. When we have a game to preview at the end of this one, and it, again, the gauntlet just continues. That is January, Dallas Stars tomorrow, yeah. or today by the time you're listening to this. 
ah, it's going to be another tough one. But I'm excited. Like you said, I'm excited to see what the Red Wings can do. So same. We can't preview that yet. We have another topic to get to before that. We're going to get a little ahead of ourselves. Scotty, uh, Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, I don't even know how to express how cold he has been for the Detroit Red Wings. He has go with numbers if you want. Right. I mean, he's got 40 points in 46 games played, which, you know, on the surface, you're like, okay, that's pretty good production. But then when you realize you brought this guy in to be a goal scorer for the Detroit Red Wings, and he hasn't scored a goal in 11 games. And since his nine game, nine goals in seven games to start the season, he only has eight since then. Nine goals in the first seven, eight in the last, what does that make it? 39 games since then. It A cold streak like I've never seen. And uh, yeah, Scotty, I mean. Well, there, yeah, there, there's a few other like pretty easy numbers here to address our point. Um, in the last 10 games, he has three points and they're all assists. Um, I, you can go back. Uh, we were talking off air before we uh, we hit record here. Since November 26th, okay, November 26th to today, he has played in 27 games and he has 20 points, which is not terrible production, certainly, but it's five goals and 15 assists. So his last 27 games since November 24th, he's only scored five goals and four of those are power play goals. Which means that since November 24th, he has one five-on-five goal. He has one single even-strength goal in his last 27 games played. Uh, that is a, a a pretty remarkable stat there. Obviously, as you mentioned, he got off to a very hot start with the Wings. But uh, we're going on, on a decent sample size now of just not being able to find the back of the net where I, I agree with you. I think it's obviously worth a uh, discussion here. Well, the, the the primary question here is, should we be concerned? And if so, like, what is the concern level? Yeah. And obviously it's easy to overlook. Like I hadn't quite realized how long it had been since he had scored a five on five goal, or even just a goal in general, now 11 games because the team was winning. They were getting production from everywhere across that it kind of just, you glaze over it. And then you look, they talk about it on last night's broadcast. You go, Oh, Wow. It's been that long. And then you look at the, you look even deeper. And like you said, since November, he said one five on five goal. He's been cold. So, Scotty, let me ask you first like, what is your panic level right now with the Brinkett's discussion? Yeah, I, I would say it's, uh, it's not extremely high. Um, I think part of that is just the luxury of the team playing well, right? If this was, hindering the team's success then I feel like it would be a much different conversation and there is an argument certainly that pre-2024 calendar turning over that maybe Dabrinkit's struggles were uh you know kind of hampering the the team's success there in December they went on a little bit of a cold streak at one point um and he wasn't really filling the back of the net obviously as we've said but um I I think the the thing that you can point to the most and would be like the biggest reason as to why there may be a concern level is that uh, if you broaden the scope of his career and look to like Ottawa last year, when like people said he had somewhat of a down year and, uh, and you know, they weren't pleased with the production level again, especially the five on five production level was a big thing while he was in Ottawa. 
Um, and I think seeing those similarities would be like the only thing that kind of sparks a, a concern level for me. But I, I, again, I, a, I, I think that we have the luxury of the team playing well right now. B, he is playing well. Like it, it's a, it's a fine line. It, he has been producing production wise goal scoring production. I should say really specifically, he has obviously not been doing what we thought, but he's, he's been doing a lot of other stuff really well. And uh, that also kind of softens the blow a little bit, but, uh, and obviously, like I said, the, the depth scoring that this team has had has really kind of taken a softened the blow again uh, as well. But um, you brought him in and you paid him to be the, the top end goal scorer and, uh, we haven't seen that, so I, 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 it's a, it's a very fine line I'm trying to walk here. I, I don't think this is like a press the panic button, the sky is falling, you know, this is catastrophic. Um, but it's certainly not nothing either, which is why we're having this conversation. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? You look at, and we'll get into segment two, like all the numbers that you know shine favorably on him because there's actually quite a lot. Yeah. But- yeah you brought him in to be a goal scorer to be the 40 goal scorer. The Red Wings have not had since Marion Ossa in 2009. And right now he's on pace for just 30 goals. I mean, he started the season on pace for 47. I know like obviously ebbs and flows guys go hot and cold and goal scorers, especially are prone to hot and cold streaks. Well, this cold streak has lasted a very long time. So, I mean, if I were to answer like, what's my concern level, I guess that you have to have give it more nuance. Like what's your concern level with his goal scoring production? I'd say it's like at a six or a seven, but overall with just what he brings to the table, like what has the team, how the team's benefited from his play. It's like a five four or a four. It's lesser because of all those other numbers helping out. But in the end, like you sign him to be a goal scorer, he's got to produce goals. Uh, so we'll talk in segment two about everything else that he's doing really well. And it might sound like a just apologist things, but like, all the advanced analytics, he's killing it for the Red Wings. One of the few guys who's really killing it. It's just he's snake bitten, and that puck can't find the back of the net. So stay tuned to segment two of Lockdown Red Wings, where, we'll, where we will continue alliteration. It's tough on the tongue, uh, this conversation. Got to talk to you guys today about game time. Are you tired of just trying to buy a ticket, and all of a sudden you're just hammered with ridiculous fees. Well, you don't got to worry about that too much with game time. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your first per- with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive all in prices, show your total upfront. So you know what you're, so you know, you're getting a great deal before you check out and you buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding you ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball concerts, and so much more. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for a big time savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time right now. All game time users get a hundred time, hundred dollars off the big game with code Vegas 100. That's new. That is new. Again, $100 off the big game with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the GameTime app and use code Vegas100 for $100 off 
a big game ticket, or if you're not going to the game, use code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty used used game time just to go to the Wings game on Sunday. No, did you? Just did. You didn't even get your gritty bobblehead. I know, man. Again, just crazy, crazy. By the way, so early. We were getting all kinds of comments saying that you must have just gone to the wrong entrance because there are people who said they showed up five minutes before the game and got the bobblehead at other entrances. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess maybe it was an entrance to entrance thing, but I talked to a lot of people that were there very early and did not get one. So. I mean, th- unfortunately, you just, you know. No, say it. Say it. You're about to say you just suck, and I want you to actually finish. You, ju- you just suck. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't, don't hold back. Say it with your chest. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Alex Dabrinkit, we're apologizing for him. Uh, we're, we're Alex Dabrinkit apologists. So first off, just on the baseline statistics that I love to share, Alex Dabrinkit, by the numbers, has been, I believe, the first or second best at Corsi 4 percentage on the Red Wings all season long. Second best Corsi 4 percentage on the Red Wings at 5-on-5 five five, at 49%. And yes, typically... You would think, oh well, if it's not above fifty percent, it's no good. Well, the Red Wings as a whole, they're 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 cumulative numbers below fifty percent. So he's second best on the team at generating shot attempts and preventing shot attempts against. Usually, that is based just because of one who the line he plays on, but also that he is a like they are a offensive first line. So the reason why that number is so good is because they create more shot attempts rather than suppress it. So while his defense might not be the best. The reason why he's second best on the team is because with him out there, even if he's not generating goals, he's generating assists. He's generating shot attempts. He's, he ranks, I believe, third or fourth on the team in expected goals four percentage. Fourth on the team in expected goals four percentage at 49.75. And if you want to go, okay, well, that's because of who he plays with. He, you know, at the start of the season, he was with Larkin. Now he's playing with Comfort. It's more a product of the centers carrying him. That's not the case either. If you were to filter that by relative, he is the best player on the team at Corsi 4% relative. So when he is on the ice, no other player helps to generate more shot attempts for than Alex Dabrinkit. He is 5.44% relative across the season. The best player. And if you want to weigh that by uh Quality shot attempts, the expected goals for percentage. He is third on the team at 5.56, only behind Patrick Kane and Christian Fisher. Christian Fisher being second on the team is wild to me, and I love that uh, at relative expected goals for percentage. But when he's on the ice, the team generates more scoring chances. He's helping generate more scoring chances, and his assists per 60 is, I believe, tied for the highest in his career. So his goal scoring has definitely taken a dip, but and, and again, you signed him to be the goal scorer, but if he's racking up assists, then he's still doing something right. And that puck is still ending up in the back of the net. Now I still not, not to make a complete excuse and absolve him completely of guilt, but I, I, and I do need to see him put the puck in the back of the net, but he's still contributing when he's out there. That's why my concern level is like still a, like might be a six overall, but it's not a seven or an eight because of the fact that he's still contributing on the ice. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even, you know, the stat I talked about where he he only has one even strength goal since the end of November 
there. You know, that's a 27 game sample and he has 20 points in it, which you'd like that to be a little bit higher. And we, you know, we talked about only five goals in that span is obviously not what you signed up to do, but 15 assists in 27 games, right? Like that's, that's a solid number for, especially the, the player that the player uh, type that he is. And uh, it, it is just going to come down to raising the goal score. Like that, that That's, I guess the point it's, it's not being an apologist. It's not saying, that we're like content and totally fine with what he's been doing. It's that it is genuinely just the goal scoring. That is the issue. That's yeah. really the point that's being highlighted here. The, and, and it's a big, it's a big thing, right? Like if that's a, that's a legitimate concern and, and a legitimate thing to point at. And I don't blame anybody for expecting more or being upset or anything that I think that is 100% justified. Uh, the, the point of, of bringing up all the numbers you just did and what we've been, this conversation is just to say like, that is, that is it, though. It's not like the entire game. It's not that he's just been, you know, a, a traffic cone out there and just hasn't produced anything else. Um, I, I think one of the uh, more interesting numbers as well is just like shot percentage, right? Shooting percentage in that stretch, in that 27-game stretch that I, I keep highlighting since the end of November, uh, his shooting percentage is 6.8%. 68 that is obviously very low, but then when you look on the season, his shooting percentage is 12.8% because for the first however long, three weeks, he was basically shooting like 30% from yeah. the ice or whatever, right? When he couldn't miss anything. Um, so it, it's it's interesting, you know, the we talked about it a little bit earlier on in the year and then we haven't really referenced it too much was the the uh, ESPN an NHL uh, edge website, right? The advanced analytics and kind of the numbers in there. And it's, it's fascinating looking at Dabrinkit is in the 93rd percentile in the league in shots on goal. So he's still taking his shots. He's still getting his shots. This, uh, this not putting the puck in the back of the net thing is not for a lack of getting shots off 93rd percentile goals scored 92nd percentile, right? 17 goals on the year. That's uh, there, there's obviously a ton of wingers out there. That, that don't have that, that high of a goal total. It's not as high as you'd like it to be, and you want it to be higher because of what you expected out of him. But still, you know, upper 8% in the league in that regard. But his shot percentage, his shooting percentage, is 73rd percentile. So you're talking about a guy who's in the top 7 or 8% in the league in shots on net and goals, but the shooting percentage is not even in the top 25% in the league. And then again, that's in the whole season. That's not even, again, really weighing or highlighting the last you know month and a half where it's been below seven percent. So it really is just a matter of of uh, uh, like he's taking the shots, which is good. We want him to 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 rip the puck. That's what we signed him to do. Like you you uh, or what we traded for and signed him to do. Like it it, it is just the shot. The shooting percentage is just very, very low. And he has not been able to put the puck in the back of the net. Yeah. And I mean, we, we talk about, it's like the only thing that's not working is the goal scoring. And of course that's the one thing you traded and then signed him to do is right. score goals. And it's real, but on the flip side, it is really nice to see the, the improvement in the other aspects of his game. Like there has been a legitimate step forward and, you know, to further the, the excuse making quote unquote, he is second on the team in, in, you know, deployment against the other teams, top, talent uh you know lucas or i'm sorry dylan larkin's not obviously number one spending uh 43 and a half percent 
of his total time on the ice this season against the opponent's elite competition. Alex to bring it second with 41.1%. Obviously you want him out there against the elite competition. You want him to be the, you know, that top line guy. So that doesn't necessarily absolve him of guilt either, but it helps paint the picture as to maybe why, you know, he is struggling. He's getting the second most difficult assignments out of anyone on the roster. And at the same time, he's doing all that while posting a very strong relative Corsi four percentage. So it's just like, and getting a bulk majority defensive zone starts at five on five as well, which is crazy as well. Cause I'm combining wood money from puck IQ and what I'm seeing from the player usage chart on frozen pool, yeah. uh, prospects. He's getting about 46% offensive zone percent, uh, offensive 46% offensive zone starts at five on five. So he's been getting, he's been getting tough usage, which he should, and he's getting defensive zone starts, which is kind of a weird thing, but I, I guess I get it because, again, you have him as your top line. And he's still helping to generate and prevent goals uh, for either side of the puck. Just hasn't been finding the back of the night himself. He's got like a 7% shooting percentage since those first seven games. Like It's just one of those things where he's kind of been snake bit. And then we say all of that to just come to that conclusion. And that's why I'm not super worried about him yet. Yeah, this is a crazy long dry spell. For his goal scoring. It is. But he's it's not that he hasn't been getting opportunities. Like he got goalied hard. He should have had a goal against Tampa Bay. Vassy just went Vassy. But with how he's been playing outside of that, it's hard for me to panic and freak out when he's been doing pretty good besides the goal scoring. It's just, again, the goal scoring is like the reason you brought him in. So I guess I'm just so torn, you know? Um, that's why yeah. I'm like a six. Because right. I am worried, I, but I'm not fr- I'm not panicking. Right. I, I think for me, it's the difference between frustration and worry. I'm, yeah. I'm very frustrated with his production, his goal scoring production so far, but the frustration doesn't make me worried for like the rest of the contract that I think that this is going to be like the new norm either. Um, I think those are kind of separate in my head. I, I'm I'm frustrated with what he's done. I'm not like panicking about what he's going to do going forward. Yep. So, anyways, let's take a quick break, and when we return, we'll preview the game against the Dallas Stars. I mean, you can, you guys can tell us your guys' worry level. Obviously, if you're you're very entitled to being worried, because again, goal score. Yeah, like I goals. said, I but, somebody can come on here and say ten out of ten. I, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be upset about it. Or I get it. It's, it's a long dry spell, man. It's a yeah. long dry spell. Um. Anyways, stay tuned to segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about Sleeper. It's almost halfway through the NHL season. In fact, it is over halfway through the NHL season. And the Red Wings are sitting, I won't say comfortably, but they're sitting in a wild card spot right now and still competing for a divisional spot in the Atlantic Division. And who would have guessed? Um, Atlantic Division being in that race, that's amazing. Regardless of where they are in the current standings, I want to remind you guys that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the lockdown NHL network sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey, because with sleeper, you can win a hundred times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Patrick Kane, whenever he gets healthy, God hope it's soon. Uh, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Nikita Kucherov. We recorded more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times bet on sleeper, you, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Red Wings fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. 
So start playing hockey or start playing, paying attention uh, and nail your picks. Sorry, Freudian slip. I'm thinking about hockey at all times. Uh, so start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match in your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. He said, start playing hockey. Start playing Start playing hockey, everybody. Mm. Hey, that's a good message, though. That is a good message. Uh, the beautiful yeah. game. You know, you don't got to play in a league. Drop in hockey. Most rinks have them every morning. Just stop yeah. on by. Am I running into Mickey Redman? I hear he's pretty, uh, he still plays dropping pretty frequently from what I understand. So, that know. does not surprise me. Uh, anyway, Scotty, game preview time. Dallas Stars. What an opponent for the Red Wings to be facing. Uh, yeah, man, I, I have made for like the last two, two and a half years now, I've made it pretty well known that I love watching the stars play hockey. Um, not the, not the biggest fan of, um, everybody on the roster necessarily in that time frame. Uh, but I, I, I really, really, really enjoy that. They just play a really fun brand of hockey and they're really good. So um, this is certainly a tall task so much though, that the wings are pretty comfortably underdogs despite being at home tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, and unsurprisingly so. So they're currently third in the central division, 27, 13 and six. Uh, they have a plethora of players who just like you would expect. And Jason Robertson's goal scoring is down, but he's still over a point per game. 46 games played 48 points, 16 goals. Well, yeah. Assists. Pavelski already has 19 or 20. Yeah. Rupe Hintz has 20 goals himself and 44, 22 assists. So 42 and 44. Yeah. Pavelski, 42 points and 46. He's got 19 goals. And uh, even Matt Duchesne, a little bit of a resurgent season, season for him, 41 yeah. points in 45 games. And then isn't their goaltending situation a little bit surprising? Yeah. Jake Ottinger with just the 904 save percentage, which is still yeah. above league average, but somebody you normally would expect after the last couple of years to be like 910 at the very minimum in this right. kind of year, even a guy who, uh, yeah, certainly any, any given night can kind of give you work. So, I mean, this is just a really good Dallas stars team. They're top 10, like every single team, the Red Wings have been playing in this month. They're top 10, of course, four percentage. Sure. Uh, they're eighth in that regard with a 52.39%. They expected goals four percentage. They're fifth. So it's a team that again is more than likely going to outpossess the puck than you. And it's going to be, you're going to be relying on the same old things. You're going to need good goaltending, solid defense to try and shut down any high danger opportunities that they have. So with Ben Schrott's out, get ready for another 25 minutes from Moritz Sider and Jake Wallman, as they are the only defensive pair that alone trusts, and I can't blame him for it. Um, but and and scoring off the rush because again, the Red Wings don't outpossess their opponents, and when you face an opponent that possesses the puck a lot, it gets even harder. Yeah, for sure. And and like you said, this is uh this is a team that's really good at like everything. They are uh, they're really sound defensively. Like we talked about the goaltending a little bit, they they certainly have uh, a guy in that who has the ability to kind of take over a game when he's on top of his game. Uh, but this is one of the few teams in the NHL that uh, the Wings will play who have scored more than them. Uh, the Wings are are fifth or sixth in just goals a game, just straight up. Dallas is uh, currently third, so you're getting a look at a team who 
Puts the puck in the back of the net, plays good defense, top three penalty kill unit, uh, top half of the league in power play. Um, just a, a really, really, really good team. Don't, don't take Pims either. Kind of an interesting stat. Second in the NHL and fewest Pims a game. So uh, a really good penalty kill, and they don't even play that often. So uh, <laughs> really, really sound, I think, is the word I would use. They're, yeah. they're, they're a sound hockey team through and through. You mentioned their penalty kill there. They're, they're, they got the best penalty kill in the league at the moment, I believe. Oh, they um, moved up to one. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. They have the third best penalty kill in the league. Oh, okay. That's what I'm uh, saying. L.A. has the top one. I, I knew that. I don't know why I said that. Just spreading misinformation. Uh, they have the third best penalty kill in the league, 84.9%. So essentially 85%. Uh, 13th ranked power play. Red Wings are ranked 14th in both of that regard. So it's one of those things where like Red Wings have been carried by – their offense has been carried by odd, odd man rushes on the power play. Well, it's going to be real tough to score because yeah. it's one of the best penalty kills in the league. But – LA had the best penalty kill in the league too, and you still scored a power play goal against them. So I'm not saying it's not possible. It's very much possible. And the Red Wings have been playing incredibly hot lately. Again, 7-1-1 in December, 15 of a possible 18 points, 3-0 against their own division. They've been crazy hot. And a game against Tampa where they played incredibly well and actually out-possessed the hockey team. Like, right. comfortably, yeah. even, even after that third where they got shelled because the Tampa Bay Lightning had that push, the Red Wings comfortably had the edge in Corsi 4 and expected goals by the end of the sea or end of the game. So I I would never pick the Red Wings to beat the Dallas Stars more than I would right now. And they lost six to three to them earlier in the season. I I mean, they're hot. And I'm gonna play the hot hand. I think that Red Wings have a very good chance at LCA too of beating the Dallas Stars, but it won't be easy. I agree. Yeah, no. I, well, and that's kind of just been the mantra like this entire stretch is it's like this is going to be a tall task, but clearly they have proven that they can live up to that just based on how they've been playing uh, since 2024 rolled around. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of, again, like have p- doing the puck possession game is going to be a big reason. Um, special teams, fairly captain, obviously thing, but like that's going to be a big deal. But um, and then, yeah, at, and then, like, one of the things that's, again, like, if you watch the the last, you know, nine or ten games is fairly obvious, but something that I feel like we don't really talk about going into games is you also are going to need Alex Lyon to continue being Alex Lyon. Wow. Um, and uh, that's, that's going to be a, a big reason for uh, for why the Wings would come out on top as well. So Absolutely. Uh, in terms of injuries, the last thing we're going to get to, uh, CBS Sports has Jake Ottinger as day-to-day with an illness. A lot of bugs going around this time of year. Yeah. Uh, that was on last updated on Sunday, January 21st. So two days ago, by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, I would imagine he's probably healthy enough to play at this point, but there's no guarantee. So we'll see. Uh, we'll hopefully, you don't pray for a guy to get sick, but I, I, I hope to see the backup. Let's put it that way. I hope to see the backup. Well, yeah, from uh, a hockey perspective, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, Craig Smith, center, also uh, day-to-day with an upper body illness, updated in the same time. Miro Heiskinen, Wednesday, January 7th, out with a lower body injury, expected to be out until February 13th. So that's a huge, huge injury for the Dallas Stars as Big he time. is their best defenseman. Yeah. And as far as Red Wings go, as of recording this, the evening of Monday, the 22nd, Kane and Sherrod are still out day-to-day. Villahuso out. Um, he's listed uh, as on the IR until January 21st. And how about this little tidbit? Matt Luff last updated Friday, January 19th 
IR expected to be out until at least January 23rd. Well, there you go. Matt Luff might be coming back soon. Like you forget about him, but the uh, dog could be returning. Speak for yourself. Oh, Don't you ever up. tell me that yeah. I forget about Matt Luff, buddy. All right? I'm so sure Matt Luff was in the forefront of your mind the last three months. Always. I love him, but I doubt Always. it. Always. Always. So full of all him. right. How do you keep track of all these dogs, dude? You just got, you got, you got a dog pat. I got a kennel. All right. <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> i never got this um, splinter out yeah no i i have uh the only difference on uh again depending on what website you get a bunch of different answers um bleacher report says sharat is day-to-day and questionable whereas kane is like out out so um, i expected him to be out tomorrow or yeah tomorrow. yeah I, not a surprise to anybody i'm just saying that they have a different um a different uh like mark for Sherrod and Kane. Well, and that so, is why we'll see what happens. Important. But again, the you know, Petrie looks pretty solid in the last one without Sherrod. So he did. He and Mata made a pretty good pair. Now, granted, they were also sheltered pretty heavily. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, big time. The, the the deployment I tweeted it out this morning or Monday morning rather, that uh that Cider and Woolman got 85% of their playing time against elite competition. It was crazy. They they sheltered Petrie more, which is why his numbers looked a little bit better. And that's not the yeah, reason. Yeah. He did have a good game. No, but no, it, it does help when it's fair though. You pair him with Mata, you're not going to give him the same kind of minutes that you did with Sherrod and Petrie. Yeah, of course, together, so. of course. Which just meant 25 minutes of time on the ice for Moritz Sider. God, I I hope he can hold his body together. That's rough. Bless him. Uh, God, yes. God bless he and Woolman. Anyway, Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball, baby. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode recapping this game against the Dallas Stars um, on. Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.